1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to read the first four verses. As we think about this new year, it's a good time to remind ourselves of the importance of spending time each day and under the hearing of the Word of God. I titled this Word for Each Day. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I not that you should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea, did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink that the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now, if you were to read on in this passage, you'll get to verses... Uh, Verse 11, where it says, Now all these things happen unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. The word admonition has the idea of instruction and warning. So, you know, this passage really is a warning. It's an admonition to us not to think, that we're okay, that we've arrived, that we don't need, as they needed in the wilderness, we don't need the Lord every day. You know, the manna came every day. They weren't supposed to gather more than enough for a day. And we'll look at that. All these things are kind of typical of the Word of God. So I titled this, The Word for Each Day. Uh, uh, so look at this. first of all the cloud as we, as we consider the cloud I'm going to look at the cloud and the the meat the spiritual meat and then the spiritual and the rock first of all the cloud as we know the cloud it says in verse two and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea uh, and of course this is referring to the Old Testament uh, uh, example or um, account of when they you know they they crossed through the Red Sea. And in the wilderness, the cloud, there was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Um, and, of course, there was the manna each day. And then there was the water out of the rock from which they drank. But the cloud, as we think about the cloud, the cloud guided them and directed them. Uh, in ex- if, if you want to go back to that, keep your place there in, in 1 Corinthians 10. But we're going to go into Exodus quite a lot. In Exodus chapter 13... Verse 21, Exodus 13:21 it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by night or go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So the cloud was before them day and night, and it guided them. It gave them direction. It told them when to when to stay and when to move. It was, it was like daily instructions to them. And that's what the Word of God is to us. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, verse 130 says, um, um, yeah, my mind just went blank. Psalm 119, verse 130. Somebody help me out. Huh? 
The answer to our word giveth light. He giveth understanding unto the simple. Uh, and, you know, the, re- the reason that so many don't seem to have direction or are tossed to and fro. Why are so many people deceived, easily deceived today? Why are they? People who, who claim to be Christians, why are they so easily deceived? Why are they so easily led astray? Why are they so tossed to and fro, as Ephesians tells us that, you know, that we, if, if we would, uh, uh, that we henceforth be number of children tossed to and fro. Why are they? Why is there no consistency? It's because they're not rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Not rooted and grounded. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17. Ephesians 3.17 tells us that, that we are to be, God wants us to be rooted and grounded. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be, being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Uh, Colossians 2.7 tells us about being rooted in the faith. And so, you know, they had the cloud every day, in, you know, the cloud by day, the, cloud, the pillar of cloud by night, and they didn't move until the cloud moved. And they stayed when the cloud stayed. Um, you know, they, 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 they uh, understood that they were to obey the word of the Lord, or just like we were to obey the, the word of the Lord, they were to obey the cloud. So it guided them, it directed them. It also provided protection in Exodus chapter 14 again, verse 19. It says, And the angel which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, that is to, to, to Egypt, the Egyptians, but it gave light by night to these, that is to Israel, so that the one came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. The waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. It came to pass in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud, and troubled the host of the Egyptians, took off their chariot wheels that did raid them heavily. So the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. So, you know, this was a uh, protection. Not only guided them, but it protected them from the Egyptians. It was like a wall between the two. And is it not so that the word of God is a source or is the source of protection for us? You know, the wisdom, you know, the, uh, our source of protection is, is not the wisdom of this world. It's not political strategy. It's not fitting in with the world. It is the word of God and being obedient to it. Look at Psalm 59. Psalm 59 and um, a couple verses here in Psalms. The psalmist understood, David understood what it was to be protected by the Lord on many occasions. In Psalm 59, verse 9, 
He said, because of his strength will I wait upon thee. For God is my defense. God is my defense. Verse 11, slay them not, lest my people forget. Scatter them by thy power and bring them down. O Lord, our shield. Then verse 17, unto thee, O my strength, will I sing. For God is my defense and the God of my mercy. Then in Psalm 62, verse 1, Truly my soul waiteth upon God, for him, from him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. And then Psalm 32, verses 6 and 7, uh, Psalm 32, 6 and 7, it says, For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt comfort me about with songs of deliverance. You know, did David know something about God's hiding place? I mean, God hid him in a cave and Saul came into the same cave. But God hid him. God hid him. Not once, but twice. You see, he says, God is my hiding place. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, The word of the Lord is is our shield. You know, one of the things that Satan accused the Lord of concerning Job was, you've put a hedge about him. The Lord didn't deny that. You know, local, I believe the local church is a hedge. The church is a hedge. You know, when, when in First Corinthians chapter five, when they when they told when Paul wrote to the church of Corinth and said, you know, you put you need to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, because when they kept him in, they were protecting him from the power of Satan to afflict him. The church is a hedge. It's a place of protection. See, God is our the one who provides protection. You know, He calls the church the pillar and ground of the truth. Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost. It was it was they were they were corrupting the church and they were struck dead. I want to look at a couple other verses here. Look at go to Isaiah fifty four. <clears throat> You know, Psalm, what is it, Proverbs twenty twenty one says, The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Isaiah 40, uh, 54, I'm sorry, 54, verse 17 says this, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is, is their righteousness is, Righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now, he says, No weapon formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. And this is the heritage of the Lord's servants. Now, keep that thought in mind, but in Exodus chapter 7, verse 1, it says that the Lord speaking to Moses said, See, I have made thee a god unto Pharaoh. Now, the word God 
there means a divine one. You know, Egyptians had many gods. And so, God made Moses a god to Pharaoh. In other words, in the sight of Pharaoh, Pharaoh considered Moses a god. Because I've often thought about this. After a plague or two, why didn't Pharaoh just get rid of him? Why didn't he? Because he considered him a god. And God put that in his mind. God put that there. He said, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Uh, God's word is not only a guide, but it will protect us. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, this Bible, this Bible instructs us and teaches us in ways to conduct ourselves to keep ourselves from harm. And so, so the cloud provided guidance and direction. It also provided protection, and that's what the Word of God will do for us. But secondly, it was also spiritual meat, or it was meat or provision. Verse 3 says, and did all eat that same, the same spiritual meat. Now, Jesus, I believe, referred to this in John chapter 6 on, on the discourse of the bread of life. And John 6.33 says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. So the manna of course, we see the manna. We know that the manna was a gift from God. Um, Jesus said, you know, uh, Moses didn't give you that. My father gave it you. My father gave it you. you know, they said, Moses gave us manna. No, he said, my father gave you that manna in the wilderness. It was a gift of God. It met the need for all classes of people. Um Again, verse 35, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Uh, anyone, anyone could go out and pick up the manna. It met the common need of everyone. They all got hungry. They all needed food. And, of course, the word of God meets the common need. It, you know, what, what people need is the word of God. It's a source of life. It's a source of strength. Uh, and we're all hungry and needy sinners. There's none righteous. No, not one. Romans 3.10. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Isaiah 64.6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. Uh, and all as filthy rags. Peter said, I am a sinful man, O Lord. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. So it meant the need for all classes. No, that, but it, it satisfies the need for all ages. Um, when Paul was writing to young Timothy, he said, from that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto the salvation. So all ages need it. Again, all ages could eat of the manna. And everyone 
it was offered to all. Um, verse 35 again, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Verse 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise uh, cast out. And again, verse 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So, it was, it was, again, it was... You know, just like the the gospel, it was it's offered to all people. First Corinthians ten three says they did all eat that same spiritual meat. They all ate it. Everyone. You know, and the gospel is available to all. Whosoever will may come. You know, I read some years ago about preacher and an atheist barber who would often have discussions and argue, arguments and so one day they're walking down the street and they go through this slum area and and the, the, the barber says see preacher if there was a god why would he allow things like this on earth the preacher didn't say anything they just kept on walking and after a while they came to this long-haired stringy you know and 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 beardy guy and and the preacher said, See, barber, if there was a barber in town, why would he let a man look like that? And the barber said, Well, if he'd just come into my shop, I would... He got the point. See, Jesus said in Matthew, remember when Jesus looked over Jerusalem in Matthew chapter 23? And he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I would have gathered you as a hen gathereth her chicks, but you would not. You would not. You see, the word of God is available to all. It's offered to all, to anyone who will hear, believe it, and receive it. And if they receive it, that to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So, it was available. It was offered to all. But something else we see about this manna was it needed to be gathered every day. In Exodus chapter 16, as you think about the manna, in Exodus 16, in verses 16 to 21, it says, This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. The children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. When they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over. He that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every morning according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left it of, of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them, and they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating, and when the sun waxed hot, it melted. Now, we could get several principles from here. You know, every man according to his eating. You know, some of us are going to read, study, hear more than others. We're going to take in more than others. That's okay. But all partook. 
of some. And all partook every day. Every day. They couldn't store it up for a week or even two days, except on the Sabbath. Interesting, you know, on the Sabbath, they could keep it two days and it was okay. But every other day, they had to, they had to go get it every day. Every day. You know, we need to be in the Word of God every day. If we are not, it'll become spiritually stagnant and stink. You know, when the sun waxed hot, it melted. We need the Word of God to sustain us throughout the day. The world puts pressure, heat on us daily. Satan tempts us daily. And if we aren't refreshed daily, we're we're going to begin to weaken and fall. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, Though the outward man perish, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. Day by day. You know, we need a fresh start every day. That's why, that's why the Lord told Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Every day. Every day. Joshua was a busy man. He was a very busy man. Leading the children of Israel. Uh, fighting the battles of, to, to take possession of Canaan. He was a very busy man. But God said, you need to be in the word of God daily. Daily. Again, Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You might say, well, pastor, sometimes I have trouble with my emotions. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I have trouble with music or... You know, I, I have this trouble. I have to. How much time do you spend in the book? You know, I've heard Christian school administrators would often say if they're counseling with a young person that's having problems, usually it would go back to one thing: Are you spending time in the Word of God? I remember counseling with a man in Maine, and he was having problems. Lack of assurance of salvation. And I asked him, you spending time in the Word of God? No, I hate to read. I said, well, I have no solutions for you. If you can't spend time in the Word of God, there are no other options. It would be sort of like going to the doctor and saying, Doc, i got a bad infection in my leg. I need an antibiotic. Doc says, okay. And he checks you out, and he gives you, prescribes you an antibiotic. But you don't like the antibiotic he gave you, so you don't take it. Is it the doctor's fault? No. 
No. It's not, nor is it God's fault if we fail to hear and study and meditate on the Word of God. It's not God's fault. You see, we've, we've got to be in the Word of God every day. I know I do. Maybe you're more spiritual than me, but I do. It was interesting, the guy that hated to read could read Uncle Henry's from cover to cover. I didn't quite figure that one out. Uncle Henry's is, you know, it's sort of like uh, Craigslist, you know, in paperback. Uh, So, you have the spiritual meat, and then you have the rock. Verse 4 says, And they did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Uh, Now, the rock, of course, speaks of Christ. He says it was Christ. Uh, this rock, of course, was divinely possessed. Uh, now, when you say divinely possessed, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're talking about uh, that was God was in that rock. It gave life and sustenance, refreshment to the children of Israel that were dying of thirst. And again, in John chapter uh, six, Jesus, and, and then also in John chapter four, Jesus spoke of this. John six. In verse uh, um, 35, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. And then speaking to the Samaritan woman in John 14, verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. How many of you know what an artesian well is? You know what an artesian well is? I've ever only ever only seen one. They say it's different in the spring, I'm, and I'm not sure what exactly the difference is. But but uh, we used to do some work, did some carpentry work for this older lady who had a farm, and and uh, there, there was always water coming out of the ground right close to the the back door of her house. And she said, "That's my well. It's an artesian well." It runs constantly. Just bubbles out of the ground. I don't know. Again, what's the difference between that and the spring? I'm not sure. But, but it's, it's endless, over, overflowing supply. That's the idea there. And, uh, and, and so you know, it speaks of refreshment, of, of encouragement. Uh, and, it's, and it says that rock followed them. That rock followed them. Wherever they went, he went. Now, let me say it again. Wherever they went, he went. Because that rock was Christ. He went. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 says, Be strong and have a good courage. This is before they go into the the the, the uh, promised land. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now this is Moses' instruction to Joshua, and the Lord gives that instruction to him again in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. He says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. 
As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. You know, Psalm 119.11, I quoted this verse earlier, it says, Thy word have I hid. The word hid means to lay up, to store up. So thy word have I stored up in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, I don't know if you ever thought about this before, but sin's destructive. And if you store up the word of God in your heart, that's protection from sin. You know, Lord willing, if we have, you know, if we don't have a lot of snow and you know the roads are cleared Sunday night, we're going to talk about the destructiveness of sin in Judges chapter twenty and twenty-one. But but you know, we we store up, we lay up the word of God in our hearts. We are again, it goes back to protecting ourselves from destruction. Uh, he'll not fail thee. First uh, Peter three fifteen. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and be ready always to give an answer to every man of the reason of the hope that lieth within you with meekness and fear. So that rock followed them. It went where they went. We need to take the word of God with us wherever we go, and we do that by storing it up in our hearts, storing it up. Putting it into our minds. Putting it into, indoctrinating ourselves in the Word of God. Putting it in our minds. You know, the old saying was, at the apple a day, I'll keep the doctor away. Somebody said, the Word each day, I'll keep the devil away. And I would add to that, it'll keep the flesh at bay. I don't know about you, but my biggest problem is not the devil. And it's not my wife. She's not here tonight, so, you know. Uh, it's me. It's me. My biggest problem is me. See, she shouldn't affect what I do. And the devil shouldn't affect what I do. God should affect what I do. That's the way it should be. And so, the importance of spending time each day in the Word of God. To forfeit or to give up time hearing and reading the Word of God is to destroy our own spiritual strength and life. It'd be the same as, why do I need to eat? I mean, you can go a few few days without eating. Some of us may be longer. But sooner or later, things are going to start happening. You ain't going to be able to function. You're not going to have strength to work, to walk. Well, if we don't, if we don't take in, you know, receive the Word of God into our life, Sooner or later, we're not going to have strength to continue on in our walk with the Lord. It isn't going to happen. So, it's vitally important that we have the Word of God 
each day. And this warning is given to us. Paul gives us this warning. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11 and 12 again. Now they all these things happen unto them for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. You know, I wonder what would have happened if all the children of Israel would have been like Joshua and meditated day and night in the word of God. I wonder what kind of difference that would have made in the wilderness. So wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Uh, might God help us at Lighthouse Baptist Church be people who value the importance of hearing and meditating on the word of God. That we might have the strength to be faithful in this year the Lord has given us, 2017. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word tonight. Thank you for the challenge it gives to us, and thank you for the instruction. I pray, Father, that you help us to heed that instruction, heed that warning. Help us to realize our need, that we are but frail flesh, poor and weak and needy, and unclean and undone. But your word is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, and it can give strength and life, and vigor, and health to our walk with thee, and our witness and testimony for thee. So Lord, just help us, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name.